Episode. This is episode forty-one. It's version oh, three. It's version three. I say, what did I say? You said two. Oh my god! All again. <laughs> hey, I like I said, and I'm on meds. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, I got the episode enough. number right. What the fuck, guys? Come on, yeah, give me a little credit. It's called you know what? Fine. Did I really we, say well, version two? Yeah. Oh, you didn't just it. say version 2, you said version 2.0. Yeah. Like really? 2.0. You got the point oh right, you just forgot the 3. Oh man, I just I guess I just long for the good old days. You <laughs> <laughs> around. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Now this is uh, 3.0. Apparently I'm stuck in some kind of time warp. You're stuck in the early aughts. <laughs> Look, Nick's little message on our whiteboard that he left this 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 passive aggressive message that he left threw me off my game. Yeah, that threw you off. It was your so game. Bud Light of him. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you need to not target him like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Scott. That was <laughs> creative. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, here we are. Nick's not here to defend himself, so we'll probably pour it on pretty thick. Uh, he's uh, working this week again, but the rest of the douchebags are here. Yeah, <laughs> actually, he's not working. He's on vacation. The lucky. Oh, is he on vacation? Oh, that's right. He's on yeah. uh, vacay with the fam. Oh, yep, there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. douchebag number three reporting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's out sipping mai tais on some beach somewhere. Mai tais, uh, wine, rosé, probably. Box wine. <laughs> and I don't think. I don't think Nick does white box claw. wine. White yeah. claw. Yeah, yeah. White white claw. Claw. He's drinking white claw. <laughs> Having papsed when no one's looking. You could oh throw in God. a couple of Trulies as well. <laughs> Shirley Temple or two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this week, guys, we we don't have any adult supervision. So who knows? We don't even really have a topic. We're just going to kind of see what happens. First, we're going to talk about what we did this week. Who wants to go first? Anybody do anything cool this week? I went flying. That's you cool. Talk not. about it. Hey, okay. nice. I, I didn't. You're right. No. <laughs> 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 I was up in Albany, New York this weekend. Yeah, up there in that area. Um, flying jets. I was a planker for the weekend. Oh, so that doesn't count. Yeah, so basically, that's my that's my week. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no, so I was flying jets with my dad. Um, it was really cool. Had a good time up there. Super hot. Like I don't, Dan. How was it in Pennsylvania on Friday? It was hot. I, yeah, it was really ninety five degrees. I got Damn. in my yeah. I got in my truck 
after getting out of work and it said 101. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Crazy hot for this area. Yes. I think. I don't really I don't really know because I've only lived here a year, but uh, yeah, typically it's not. It's more humid and moist outside. It's been very dry. I like Holy. it better when it's moist. Yeah, um, things generally work a little bit better when they're moist. Yes, exactly. Except swamp ass. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you do anything helicopter related? Um, mm, no. No. No, nothing helicopter related at all. Wow, we suck. Yeah. We suck. Did you wear the KST shirt and get it wrinkled? I did not. Oh, it's still, it's still not wrinkled. The new one? No, it's still wrinkled. Can you make a story oh, out? Okay. So, um, but it, it was... Uh, I, mm, mm. No, you can't. Apparently, you cannot. Right rudder, right rudder, Devin. <laughs> so yeah, that, it's like doing reverse pyro flips. It just as soon as I start, it's just in the ground. Um, no, uh, it was super windy, so I actually didn't do much flying. I did more more sitting, and um, but it was still a good weekend. It was hot, like I said. Just really hot, and the drive was cool. Uh, I like driving through the middle of fucking nowhere all the time. That's awesome. Is there such a thing on the East Coast as middle of nowhere? I mean, in New York, yeah. Oh, is there? Yeah, it was. It it, it was a middle of nowhere. There was like one gas station in a hundred miles. Oh, that's like a Sunday drive in Montana. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're used to that. I'm yeah. not. And uh, you know, I paid four fifty for diesel a gallon. I wanted to jump off a bridge. Is that bad? I don't know because I don't buy diesel. Yeah. yeah, it was really bad. It was a hundred and twenty-two dollars to fill my truck. I want to say it's that about that price in Pennsylvania. Diesel is. I don't know for sure, but I think it's like four dollars and twenty cents a gallon ish. That's expensive. Uh, it's a dollar less here in Jersey. I'm paying like three fifty. Yeah. Dang, nice. Yeah. So I got a question about these jets. Yes. Um, how, how fast do they fly? Like, are they like really like, I mean, seriously, how fast do they fly? Well, the speed limit is 200 miles an hour. Jesus. How do you, how do you, do you lose orientation? Like when you, when it comes by at 200 miles an hour, I mean, it's down, it's, you know, several thousand feet away in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Do you lose? Do you just have to remember where you were and then yeah, go from there? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, actually. You kind Isn't of just like a fifteen thousand dollar flying object. I feel it like can be. It probably feels the same as like doing a hurricane, you know, ten feet past yourself at like eighty miles an hour. It's probably the same like left to right speed. Yeah, usually what we do do though is like if you know you're going that fast oh, and you're going Scott, in a straight no. line. Hurricanes aren't doing two hundred miles an hour. No, but when they're closer to you is what I'm trying to say. So the jet's never that close. The jet's going to be like twice the length of the flight line away doing 200 miles an hour, maybe even more. Okay. So a helicopter, when it's like 10 feet from you doing like 80 miles an hour. Like the perception. is the Yeah, the, the, the looking from the left to the right with your right, head right. and like still tracking it. I think that's the thing with a hurricane is it's coming back around into your field of vision. Like it doesn't like go away to a dot. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't like, just yeah. keep going. It's like, it's like the same thing with the, with the speed helicopters. Like I used to joke with uh, Justin Pucci. I said, yeah, that's, those are really cool, but I would get one flight on a speed helicopter. 
And, and it would just be one pass, but one pass. Cause it'd be gone. And then I would never get it back. Cause like, I wouldn't be able to see what the fuck is going on when it's a quarter mile or better down the field. Yeah. It gets and, small quick. Yeah. Real quick. That's nuts. That's scary. I don't know how you guys do that. Of course, you know, I used to do something very similar <laughs> with my nitros. I used to, uh, we used to tape phones to the bottom of them. Like I used to tape like an iPhone or whatever we had. Yeah. And then with the nitro, just fly it straight up in the air until you can't see it anymore, until you lose the smoke trail. <laughs> and then, and then just kind of, I, I remember there's a guy from Snow Homish that used to give it, I mean, he got on my case because I talked about this in one of the version two shows. And then you just kind of wait and you listen for it. <laughs> as soon as you hear it, you like try to like have a guy out there with you kind of spot and like, oh, there it is. So, you know, and then you try to catch it before it comes back down and then look at the awesome video on your phone. So, oh, yeah, we, we've done that before. It was super cool. Yeah, I watched, um, not to derail your topic, but we were, I guess I can talk about this because Helipros is no longer an entity, but I was hanging out with those guys and this is back when the multi-rotors, like the flame wheels were all the rage, you know, the 550s. Yeah, yeah way in the beginning. Yeah, way in the beginning. And they <laughs> went down to like Best Buy, one of the box stores, and bought a, you know, relatively nice camera and um, took it straight up, took it straight up. And they, what they didn't, this is like when they were just kind of brand new with them. And what they didn't account for was they weren't paying attention to how much battery life they would need to come back down. Oh, no. <laughs> so they take it way the fuck up there right and and um it's a big it was a big place i don't know you guys probably hadn't been there but some of the listeners had you know they had that like 20 acres of fly field just right outside their shop doors and um you know of course the multi-rotor as as it will and lose juice comes down crashing down the property they go get it they put the camera back in the box to get back to the the, the box store and said, yeah, it doesn't work. It, this camera doesn't work. It's all broke. <laughs> You're great. And they got another camera. But Dang, anyway. nice. That's like right at the beginning of the whole black tie protection thing. I remember, yeah. yeah, when FPV got really big, people were just tanking and replacing GoPros hand over fist like yeah. all the time. But anyway, anything else, Devin? I'm sorry to derail your... I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah, well, um, you, you know, it wasn't really... That exciting it wasn't, or, yeah, it wasn't really anyway. anything super important. Um, no, but you know, as usual, when it comes to you, that's pretty much the way <laughs> every week goes when you tell us. Well, that's the end of my week then. Okay, then. Thank you. Scott should go next. Scott, how about you? Let's oh, see if it's man. any better. Probably not. Um, yeah, so you, you do airplane shit that's kind of weird. I do car shit that's kind of weird. We both <laughs> have our like closet hobbies. <laughs> So cool things, heli related. I got like my drinking new kit. Bud Light. Fuck yeah! When your buddies don't aren't around, we, we waterboard each other with Bud Light. <laughs> okay. Oh Jesus Christ! I, imagine, I would imagine that that's pretty good because I hear you can get that shit cheap these days. Yeah, the fucking foam is unreal. They're trying to get it. <laughs> oh my that's god! That's a lot of head. Oh god, so much. Um, Jesus. Uh, I got my new raw. I'm so stoked it came today. So I'm going to stay up at some point, I don't know, this weekend maybe and build it. 
Um, I have been partially sucked back into cars a little bit. Um, I bought another 12th scale carpet car, which I coincidentally got ripped off on. Screw the guy yeah. that sold it to me. You're an asshole. <laughs> um, openly. Go fuck yourself. Um, I bought a Tamiya TT02, which is like the cheapest little plastic 10 scale car. But it's so much fun because no one gives a shit and we race them in parking lots. That's going to be awesome. Real stoked for that. Um, and I still haven't built my nitro because I'm a total piece of shit. <laughs> 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 but I need to. I just I think this weekend I don't have a whole lot going on. So it's perfect timing to sit down, build some kits and get some shit going. What I really need is Eric shoe to get off his ass and come hang out and help me build some shit. But you know, he's been MIA for like two weeks. If only I had a friend. What a douche. That mm. guy. What's up with that? I don't Phone know. Friend fail. Yep. Fair so weather if you're listening friend, to this, Eric, pick up no, your phone, dude. turn off the radio right now in your car. Don't run it the fuck out of gas. Like you do. Okay. Give me a call and let's I'm hang out and build some shit. Scott, dude, I'm telling you, nobody listens to this podcast. Yeah, probably not. So. But well, there is a story behind that, though. Okay. We were talking on the phone and he ran his car out of gas idling while we were on the phone. It's fucking great. How long were you girls chatting uh, and what were you chatting about? Uh, just, you know, life, and life, jobs, and yeah, definitely that. Maybe the swimsuit section of certain, uh, you know, stores or whatever. Um, no, he was just talking about helis and life and jobs and whatever. And all of a yeah. sudden he's like, oh my God. I'm like, what? It's like, I just ran my damn car out of gas. I'm like, oh my God, bro. Idling outside of his housing estate because he has no cell signal near his house. So he like pulled over to finish the conversation and ran his shit out of gas. That's funny. Yeah. How low I was going to tell anybody, but very low. It was like on E. He should have gone to the gas station, not home. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. I miss him. He, he loves yeah. you too much. Yeah. If anybody knows Eric and listens to this, please tell him I miss him. Please tell him to come back. Hey, um, Scott, I feel like you built like four SABs in the last month. I did. Uh, okay, I bought, so I, that's that's a correct. Well, I destroyed I three of them. Destroyed three, and this is the fourth. Um, I need to be more careful. Those Stop of you who know, know what happened. Those you of you who don't. Supervision. I do. I need some fucking adult diapers and to calm the <laughs> fuck down. Fucking code browning my shit on a regular basis is not good. And then I blow up my shit. I show up to the flying field last weekend and I fucking brown short someone else's helicopter into the ground. Oh, Fuck man. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they didn't kill me and they only wanted a set of main tail blades because I really didn't break a lot. But God damn. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's a risk you take and that'd be a good time. I mean, when someone did, uh, was this offered like, hey, dude, you want to fly my helicopter? Or did you yeah. just, did you like run over oh, he, he offered it. he wanted to go. get a video of the helicopter and i was like i guess and like he and the group didn't know me and he doesn't know how i fly <laughs> and he was asking he's like i don't know are you smooth with a heli or are you, are you kind of rough <laughs> like, like he says i'm really rough with the helicopter so like it's not tuned in very well to be rough i'm like uh, uh, i don't know i'm kind of slow and smooth and everybody laughed oh and he's still handing me the radio so i was like fuck it here we go and then he took out the phone i'm like you really want to film your helicopter and you want it beat on like fucking goodbye <laughs> are you sure you, yeah are you sure you know what awesome. kind of film you're about to get yeah it's like watching so, a stuff film 
I don't know. I know. If anyone <laughs> asks you to fly their heli, it's automatically off you in my <laughs> Yeah, that. 100%. 100%, dude. When I handed to you my controller uh, with the Soxos, I was like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to take it easy. I'm like, dude, do what you do. I'm, I fully accept that if you put it in, it's my, I mean, it's totally on me. Yeah, well, that's, that's the right okay. way to be about it. And some people want to see some shit. Some people don't. So I, yeah. I try and fly accordingly. This dude wanted to see some shit. So it's like, fucking okay. Like, let's well, see. Well, he, he got wanted some to see shit. It. Yeah, he did. <laughs> if you listen to the end of the video, it's fucking hilarious. The blades clip. It flips around and lands on the skids like nothing happened. So it's like the heli's 100% fine with just broken blades. And I'm like, landed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know why it came out that way. I was it. just like, oh, landed it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was fucking mean. So I'm like, immediately said, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, was a Devin, that was a Devin crash where you can't decide if it's a crash or not or what? Yeah. Well, in Devin's definition of a crash, it didn't crash. I landed yeah, on the not, skids. That's not a proper crash. Yeah. And broke no parts of the helicopter there other than the tail belt. Tail belt let go. Didn't throw any links or anything, huh? No. Uh, pitch link. Pitch link and a tail belt, but no boom, no headpieces, no shafts, no frames, no skids. Like it was just sitting there pretty. Well, that's crazy. You didn't have to give him the shaft then. That's good. Definitely. Yeah. Or head. Yeah. Oh or head. Yeah. Yep. How old are you guys? Seriously. Well, actually, 13. Be weird for a 12 year old to say that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. I actually do think the last time me and Scott were like together and somebody's like, how old are you two? Me and two, me and him looked at each other and just went 12 and the same time was like laughing so hard. Yeah. And then still sticking with the gym, hitting it five days a week. No, six oh, days yeah. a week. Yeah. Monday what nights are my rest days. Oh, Every other day of the week, I, I go to the gym for at least an hour. Uh, lift some weights for me while you're there, please. Will do. Yeah, dude. I used to be, you know, I, I back in the day I played college football. I used to be into that weightlifting shit. Like I used to be part of the powerlifting club in high school and into college. Fuck yeah! I used to be really be into that. Just get uh, back into it, dude. I am yeah. just your ball and broken for that shit. Man. Like, just shaking, just, oh, I just dude, my, trying to lift some shit. So, look, I used to do a lot of other things like i used to be really big into archery i used to shoot competitively i used to i was sponsored by a major manufacturer i can't even pull back a bow anymore there's just so many things that i can't do because of my back and everything else that's that's dude i'm telling you i'm like a fucking you're trying to jump in too hard too quick don't pull the bow back right away you get one of those little little you know kmart ones with the suckers on the end and start with that little engine i was (laughs) shooting fixed distances so i was shooting a very low compound anyway and we were oh. shooting big ass like 23 16 uh arrows so like big fat slow at about you know 112 feet per minute or per second wow because they were fixed distance right yeah didn't need the speed they weren't you didn't have to pick it wasn't like ibo where you had to judge a distance so you you know the faster your arrow oh, totally totally yep didn't definitely yeah. didn't think it was ibo yeah i but i did qualify for nationals in ibo does that mean Oh my god! And Jesus, dog. <laughs> I'm just picturing them big fat arrows coming out like zoom. When I hear the they term were, IBL, like, like, I reach for the deodorant. You remember those um, big? It's a good the, when you're in kindergarten. I don't know. They had those big black, <laughs> like monster pencils. That when they oh, were you you say, pencils. You say next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. yeah. Oh, God, you the guys. Fatty. You know exactly what. 
Don't get your minds out of the gutter. Okay. No, you, you exactly said those big black monster. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. <laughs> and then you said pencils. And I was like, oh God, halfway through that word, I was so relieved. You got a little nervous there. <laughs> oh, so anyway, as soon as you started with like, the P. Yeah, we all mess. were. We were all yeah. like, what's next? Is this going to be great or is this just going to be another topic? Oh, God. We're moving on now. <laughs> you guys can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. How about you, Rob? Did you do anything cool this week? Um, yeah. No. Um, got my, I let my brother borrow my bike for a while. I got that bike back. And so me and my daughter went on a bike ride last night. That was kind of nice. Um, it's funny, Scott. I was out riding bike and I was like, hey, I'm getting out and being active too. Just like Scott. So you inspired me to get out off my ass. So I'm out riding bikes now. That is um, awesome. Rob, yeah. you, need, you need some protein is what you need though. Do not just you know, riding the bike. You need some protein mix. Dude, I need a full on like <laughs> lard and muscle transplant. You, you need dude, to eat like 12 so dozen strong. eggs for breakfast every morning. Dude, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, it's a struggle to keep me at like 130 at where I'm at. Wait, you're lighter than me? I got shit bigger than that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wow, you're at 130? Yeah, he's lanky. Oh, That's I thought unreal. I would. I thought I was skinny, but you just topped that. Yeah. I'm so 150. I, I don't know how just, accurate this is, but in theory, my muscle mass alone is weighing more than you. I have 158 pounds of muscle mass. Way to get all technical. Ooh. No, it's just funny. It's like that weighs more than Rob. I'm 150. I'm sorry, 250 normally. So like, holy fuck, dude. 250? Yeah. You don't weigh 250 pounds. Dude, I used to weigh 270 a year and a half ago. That's when you were getting chunky. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Rob got quiet. Did we, did we offend you, Rob? Oh, shit. I think I was talking to you guys on mute. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We offended you. <laughs> I no, like, I, dude, I'd love to be like 180. It's a subject. No, I'd love to be like 180, like something like that, 170, 180. I just, I don't know. I, I, I burn calories in my sleep. Like I'll eat like a lot. I eat a lot. You know, I just yeah. don't gain a lot. And yeah. it sucks. Maybe That's I should get somebody to cut my stomach gland in regardless. half or something. Yeah, right? Dude, hide and seek is on point, though, dude. I have, like, easily 25% more places that I can hide than most people. So. <laughs> I've never heard anybody <laughs> brag about it that way. <laughs> it's a dark shadow in the corner. I just, just zip up When the serial hole. killer is after us, Raw will survive. I will, I yeah. Just, I'll be the first to go because I'm slowest. I'll just hide under you, Dan. If you get, if you get taken out, I'm just cuddling underneath you. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, so what else heli related did I do? I flew a little while, I guess I did some flying. Um, it's kind of my regular game. You know, I go out in the backyard and fly one or two packs on the oxy to pretty much every day, you know, just doing circuits and, um, loops and rolls and just piddly shit, you know, and I'll go to the park every now and then I took the birds all of the park again the other day and, uh, flew around after all the kids were done with Bronco league and shit. You flew so, birds? My heli- helicopter birds. I call hmm. them birds. Your birds. My dudes. Yeah. And they're not female. They're dudes. I don't know why. Like, sports cars are girls, but my helis are guys. As long they're as they're not like guys. I guess, I, I, I I guess little, that's okay. Yeah. I have this little guy sausage party with me and my helis at the park by oh ourselves. Sausage party. Have you seen that movie? It's pretty funny. Oh, my God. Devin, we're going to yes. redirect you. Please don't <laughs> blow them into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Just blast them off. 
Yeah. Jesus Christ, so, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <the> bla- <laughs> blast off, here we go. Yeah. Oh but no, they all came back in one piece, which is good. That's good. Um, no more weird dumb thumbs or any weird shit like that. I'm on my, I'm on my game. You just said um, it again. Did I? You just, you just did the jinx. What did, what did he say again? He said no dumb thumbs. He said oh, it. Oh, now I'm going to dumb thumbs it. I see. Okay. I hope I don't. Uh, now it's done. Okay. <laughs> hey, I will say, Dan, that T-Rex 500 you sent me, yeah. um, I've been flying it on this 4,000 milliamp uh, six cell battery. It's like super portly. And super the weird, portly. Dude, the weird thing is because the tail is like, really, it's really tail heavy, that bird. So that, that uh, battery actually seems to balance it out pretty good. It's not really very, I think if I hung it like and looked at it, it would be like a, just a, just a skosh nose heavy. But that battery will get me like nine minutes flying on my on my low head speed bank and so i'm kind of digging that you know it gets boring after like six minutes and i'm like okay i have to resist the urge to like flip up into my bank too and like just go do some other shit because i know by then i'm like almost all out of battery you know but Mm -hmm. it's fun to just uh, something completely different to do like an endurance kind of thing and just hover around for like a minute straight and then go fly around you know just do circuits and shit for nine minutes you know um I don't know. I guess nitro guys are like, what are you talking about? We do that shit all the time. But I don't know. In the electric world, nine minutes is a lot. Gasser guys say that. The nitro guys don't necessarily say that. Well, it depends, I suppose, but typically not. I suppose nitro is more like four or five minutes. The miniature aircraft guys say that. Do they? With their gassers? No, they're nitros because they carry like half a gallon of fuel in that tank. Oh, is it a big one? Yeah. Yeah. It's massive. Yeah, um, I got my lawnmower running, uh, my riding lawnmower. I don't remember if I brought this up, but so get this. I got a little um, adventure to take you guys on with trying to uh, teach my child something. So he lost the key to my riding lawnmower. I let him take it out. He was doing this job. Um, and I might have mentioned that before and that so that the riding lawnmower was out of commission. So he lost my key, right? And so the first thing I tell him the day that he lost my key is like, okay, Go over to M&M Supply. This is like a lawn supply company, this place in town, right? I'm like, go to this M&M Supply, or if you can't go there, go to this other tractor supply co across town and get a spare key. We'll be good to go. And so they go on this adventure and they come back from O'Reilly's Auto with this uh, ignition tumbler and then this other spare key set they got from Fleet Farmer somewhere else, right? And I'm like, what the hell are you guys thinking? I was like, go, I told you where to go get this spare key and they didn't do it. And so, of course, the keys they bought didn't work. They were trying to use keys for other, like, lawnmowers and fucking chainsaws and shit and trying to get the thing to start. And, and it wouldn't, so of course it wouldn't start, you know. And so, finally, after they did all that, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go down to this place. And I went down there. And, of course, the spare key is all that we needed, you know. And so, after trying to let the children go on this little adventure, and then I went back and I got this $8 spare key. I pulled my son aside and I showed him the key and I was like, if you would have just gone and got this the day I told you to get it, like I told you to do, we wouldn't have had to deal with any of this fiasco for the last couple of weeks, you know? Um, and so he gave me this look of defeat and I think he understood it. You know, he got the wisdom. So hopefully he won't do something stupid like that again. But so, yeah, it was like two weeks worth of letting him try to fix this problem. And of course he couldn't fix it. And then I just walk right down to the place I told him to go 
and solve the problem. I was like, and in the, the meantime, fuck? your yard looks like a hayfield. <laughs> well, no. So he, um, they were trying to make it right, you know, and I was just letting them go on this adventure to try and solve it themselves. And they had this other lawnmower. And so I had another lawnmower okay. just to push behind that I'd been mow- using to mow and shit like that, you know. But of course, that's a hassle, you know. Um, so anyway. So that was, a, I don't know, I guess I could have just, when they came with them first parts, I could have just scolded him and been like, what the fuck, you know, get in the car, let's go to the right place. But I, I, wanted, them to learn, yeah, I wanted them to learn something out of the situation, you know what I mean? And I think they did. Um, and now I got my rider back, whatever. It only cost me eight bucks. <laughs> so that's good. So that's all I did. That was my week. All right. So I, um, <clears throat> I'm getting old, apparently, and my memory is not. Uh, you know, I've been talking about um, soldering the ESC and motor for the Kraken that I have, right? And yeah. um, to kind of preface this, at you know, last week, the wife and I bought a, a, a travel trailer. So I ordered, I, I got to talking with a, a friend of mine uh, who used to listen, to, well, still does apparently, uh, over in the Pacific Northwest. He's like, dude, PRC Pro. Plus, right? They sell solder, solderless fucking I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that, right? Yeah, dude, for sure. So I knew we were, I knew I was going to be gone dealing with this, with the new camper and, and probably wasn't going to get any flying or anything because we're, you know, we took camper to a, a campground just down the street. Ordered those in and Sunday night, I get home or Sunday we get home and I, I'm excited. I'm like, Dude, I'm, I'm going to, and even Elaine said, well, now you need to go hurry up and work on that helicopter so you have something to talk about on Monday. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you're right. I do need to do that. So I get down, pull the helicopter off the wall, set it on the desk, take the PRC, the, the solder, solderless uh, connectors out, look at the helicopter and there's no fucking ESC in it. Well. And I'm scratching my head going, what is going on? I thought, I was like, there's a motor in there. Uh, turns out, I've been talking about soldering a, an ESC and a motor that I don't even fucking have. How do you, <laughs> how do you forget that? Oh, no. That's so, so now good. I got to buy two ESCs. I always thought I just needed, because I got the Soxos I have yet to, to finish. So now I need two ESCs. So, of course, you know, I haven't been working for the last three fucking months. So I'm like, yeah, it's going to have to wait a bit. Um, just one of those geriatric moments. I thought for sure I had it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this shit done. I'm going to get these, 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 uh, see all wired up. I'm going to basically, that's all that's left to do other than some final touch up shit on that crack. And, uh, well, when that comes in though, see, when that comes in, you'll be ready to not solder. That's right. The ESC. See, that's right. Yeah. I'll, uh, I, I bought, they're, they're expensive. I don't know if you guys have you guys used those. They're fucking expensive. The yeah. solderless ones. Yeah, they're like forty yeah, bucks they, a pack or something. It's like expensive. well, I bought two. I bought two packs uh, for two different gauges of wire, just in case, and it was fifty-seven dollars for the two of them. And one pack does one ESC motor combination. There's six connectors in there. It is what it is. I'm looking forward to having that. I mean, I've been having good luck with the with the other connectors that I've been putting on my batteries when I'm not, you know just blowing them up in my hands, but <laughs> so. So that's good. I, uh, what's that? 
I said, so that's good. So you're going to buy some ESCs and then get the Soak Shows yeah. another one in the air eventually. Well, you know, this will be my third week back to work. So, but I'm not quite back full time yet. But, you know, I, you know, there's other things that are pressing at the moment because, like I said, I've not yeah. had a paycheck for since February. So things, you know, there's got to rebuild. Some, yeah. The bank is like, you got to feed me, dude, because we've been paying bills and you've not been putting anything in there. So. But anyway, uh, crazy, weird thing that happened yesterday when we, when we get home, I'm, I'm down here in the trying, trying to figure this shit out. Where's the ESC? What what did I do with it? And uh, anyway, turns out I never had it, but in the, while this was going on, frantically, uh, Elaine yells downstairs, have you seen the cats? And she, I mean, like the, the, the sound of her voice was like, she wasn't just casually saying, hmm, I haven't seen the cats for a while. How about you? Have you seen them? And they're like, something's wrong. And both cats are, are, there's something wrong. So I immediately, I can tell. And as I'm walking up the stairs, she says, the cats are dying. And I'm like, what do you what? mean the cats are dying? And I stopped and I'm like, sure as shit, you can hear a cat wailing. Like, whoa something is really, really bad. And I walk up in and when you walk upstairs in this house, you, the first, you know, you go into the kitchen. <laughs> I go into the kitchen and I shit you not, every cupboard was wide ass open. Shit was on the, on the floor. Furniture is turned upside down. <laughs> My wife <What>? is <laughs> on the floor. She's like, they're in the floor. And I'm what? like, what do you, what do you mean they're in the floor? They can't be in the floor. And I'm not uh, hearing them anymore. I'm not hearing them anymore. And so, I mean, everything's topsy-turvy. Like, doors are open, cupboards are open. Like a poltergeist so, is in there or something. Damn. Yeah, dude. She's like, I, I can hear them. They're right, I, it's like they're right near me every time. And so, like, all of a sudden she says, okay, never mind. It was my phone in her uh, pocket. Uh, her, phone was, <laughs> her phone was playing some ad with cats meowing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was our so I shake the little tree box and our two cats come from the sunroom you know where they lay out in the sun all with oh that word. sleepy yawny look they're like oh treats huh cool <laughs> and everything is just topsy turvy she had she's like I kept getting on the floor because it sounded like they were below my feet <laughs> so she was she's looking under furniture and shit I, could, I, oh, I just oh lord I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was unreal. I bet her putting the house back together was a super quiet experience for her. She just got her head down, just carefully putting stuff back where it goes. <laughs> the phone on silent, just in case. Well, I knew something oh, was man. up when she just insisted that they were in the floor because this is an old house, right? And <laughs> right, there's no room for the cats to be in the floor between the upper and the lower. And th- we don't have like... Um, <laughs> Uh, the vents, the heating vents, right? And I'm like, they're not, dude. I looked when she said that. I said they're not in the floor. Uh, you're, there's you're there's crazy no place lady. for them to be in the floor. And I wasn't hearing anymore. <laughs> so that was fun. But, oh uh, my god! I <laughs> was excited. I, I guess we've all been there on like a, a, a small amount. Everybody's had like the ghost vibration, like in your leg. Or whatever, where it feels like you got a notification, or you hear someone else's phone ring and you think it's yours. You're like, "What? 
So, hey, I mean, I get where that comes from, but Elaine, I got to give it to you, man. You took that one pretty far. <laughs> she did. She did. It was hilarious as shit. I couldn't believe it. The I'm cats are with dying. You. And her voice, she was just... Dude, it gonna, was like... Oh, man. I, and all I'm thinking about is, oh, shit. Here comes some vet bills. I, I mean, that's what yeah. I was... As I'm walking up the stairs, I'm like, fuck, here we go. Vet bills again. Yeah. And I'm thinking... Uh, I'm in my mind. I'm picturing which one do I want it to be if one's actually dying, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. But anyway, yeah, this is so bad. <laughs> God, I hope it's this one. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I have a favorite. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But uh, anyway, it's it was funny, and she was relieved. And uh, but boy, she went into a sheer panic. It was quite. Oh, I I bet, huh? Her heart yeah. was probably racing, man. Oh yeah. Anyway, so no heli shit for me other than forgetting that uh, I did take, again, we went camping, but uh, we ended up going to this shitty little campground that I'm never going to again. And I am not kidding you. By the time we put our awning out, the, the awning was literally six inches away from the next trailer. Uh, that's how packed the uh, awning was. That's not far. Our fire pit was three feet away from the dude's truck. So obviously we didn't start a fire. Uh, and it wasn't that the sites were all that tight. It's just that this is the kind of asshole that comes to a campground and he wants to make as much room for him as he can. So he used, like he should have paid for a third of our site. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know He's like saying? all over. All the way over. Like he had a whole six, seven feet that he could have been over to utilize his quote unquote site. But anyway, neither here nor there. No room to fly. Couldn't. Couldn't do that, but we were just enjoying the new RV. It's kind, of, it's quite nice. Looking forward to taking that to some fun flies. Going to be awesome. Yeah, that'll be some choice lodging for some fun fly action for sure. Oh, it will be great. It'll be so comfortable, so nice in there. The bed is pretty nice for an RV. Of course, no RV bed is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's it's better it. than the ground. Yeah. All right. Well. Nick is going to be doing some news for us. I'm not quite sure what he's talking about, but I'm, I would imagine it'll be here on the whiteboard. Uh, but we're going to play his news that he will be sending to me. Today. Okay, sorry folks, we're back to remote news again this week. How come? Well, because I'm on family vacation roughing it here in an all-inclusive resort in the Dominican Republic. And while I entertain the thought of still trying to make the recording, my wife raised an eyebrow and said if I try it, she'll divorce my ass and take all my hellies away. So, I thought the better of Alright, not really. Reality is, is that with all my work travel lately, this week is really all about family time. So. Couldn't make the recording, but as always, I did not want to leave the news in the hands of those news butchers. So, here we are again, back at remote news. Alright, let's dig into it. Okay, so first up, we've got some early ballparks on pricing for the new Spirit Wave Radio. This was posted by one of the team on Helifreak, where incidentally I've been badgering their team to come on the podcast. 
slowly making some headway, but they're crazy busy with the release of the radio, so it may be a little bit. But eventually, I do hope to have someone from Spirit come and chat with us. Okay, back to pricing. In the United States, Spirit says that the pricing will be between 1100 to 1200 US dollars. So under the price of the V-Control by a little bit. Time will tell just how close to the feature set of the V-Control the Spirit Wave system will get. What I mean is, will we get a similar ecosystem, similar abilities? You know, are, is it an apples-to-apples apples comparison before we look at the price comparison within too much more detail? Uh, but rumor has it, though, that no washers, hot glue, or disassembly of any components will be involved in the initial setup of the radio. <laughs> All right, I might have cracked myself up there a little bit. All right, on to some other super cool news. Uh, so Matt Bodos and the folks at Protune have announced a new pipe for the OS 105 Nitro engine. The Protune 105 V2 pipe is expected to be an improvement over the original Protune pipe. The feature set will include that it's being tuned specifically for the OF-105, port match to the 105, a peak power RPM range of 15 to 16,000 RPM, made from 6061 T6 aluminum tubing, features a polished aluminum finish, and lastly, the baffles have been changed from the original to allow for increased flow and top-end output. So even though I'm still a Nitro noob, I do think it's great to see folks releasing new pipes and wish all the best to both Matt's new pipe and the hopefully soon-to-be-released pipe expected from Gregor McGrath as well. And comically, it's taken me so long to get my first Nitro built that a new version of the pipe I already bought has just been released. Ugh, working on it. Soon. Very soon. Alright, in news, I'll begrudgingly report, gas-powered helicopters posted this week that they're making good progress on their raw 580 and Kraken 580 gasser conversions. In all seriousness, if you're thinking about a gas-powered helicopter, those are definitely the guys you want to talk to. Uh, so they mentioned that both of these models will feature all carbon fiber construction, a custom JCD high volume cooling system, a custom PosiGrip HD clutch system, a custom drive ratio, front or rear battery mounting, and they'll be meant for the OS GT15HZ2 gas powered engine, as well as some larger nitro engines. And of course, will feature easy engine removal. Stay tuned to Gas Powered Helicopters Facebook page for more info. Alright, on to some servo news. JR is poised to release two new servos. Their new tail servo, which is the S89HR-N, and their cyclic servo, S89CYC-NM. Both servos are selectable between 760 and 1520 pulse, feature new case designs with larger bearings, and feature 2K technology, whatever that is. No idea what it is, but I do know that these are the servos that Nick Maxwell has been working on with JR. Interestingly, you can purchase them with either 25 or 23 tooth spindles. You'll need the JR programmer to change setups between, you know, 760 and 1520. And no word yet on if these will be programmable via a JR radio if you use the new flybarless system that they're developing that Nick Maxwell is also working on. But I know that was on Nick's list of features to hopefully be included at some point, so stay tuned for more information there. Uh, no pricing has been released just yet. I'd expect them to be. Certainly not a budget servo, uh, but, you know, I don't want to say they're going to be at a top-end price, but uh, certainly comparable to other top-tier servos from other manufacturers, I'm sure, but we'll see. All right. I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. It's the news of the week. Back in the news again, because God forbid we don't talk about Mikado for a week, is, you guessed it, Mikado. So last week we talked about the vibration-related tail kick issues the new Mikado V-Bar Evo FBL was experiencing. As we mentioned, Mikado and a bunch of field testers have been quietly looking into the issue for some time now. 
So I'm happy to say there's now a fix to the issues that are plaguing a small percentage of Evo users. The interesting thing is, unlike what we guessed it might be, it's not a software update. It's a hot spoo update. Let me explain. So Mikado realized that the sensor the FBL used was especially sensitive to the higher vibrations, Mikado's words, that some helicopters experience. Now, we could debate whether that level of vibration is normal and okay, or too high, as Mikado implies, but that's a whole other topic. The point is, these vibrations need to be filtered out somehow because they are what is causing these random tail kicks in the Evo and other quirky behaviors. So what Mikado figured out in testing is that changing the mass of the sensor itself immediately improved performance in these problematic helicopters. So how do you change the mass of the sensor? Well, you cover it in hot glue. Yep, that's right. So here's the fix. You oh so carefully pry the top of the case off your V-Bar Evo FBL. Now be very careful and go very slow as it's insanely easy to break these tabs off and then you'll need a whole new case. So use a small flathead screwdriver to push the tabs back and then remove the top of the case. The sensors are on the corner of the circuit board. Mikado has a video available on their site shared widely on Facebook as to where the sensors are. You, you apply a liberal dollop of hot glue over the sensors such that when you reinstall the top of the case before the glue has dried, the dollop will also adhere the board to the top of the case. Apparently this corner of the board is also not terribly well supported by the case, which is further complicating the vibration situation. So you then reinstall the top of the case and snap it back into place. So this dollop of hot glue has added mass to the sensor, effectively making it harder for those same vibrations to affect the performance of the Evo. Now, I do know that this fix has greatly improved the performance of all of the helicopters in the test group. However, since this fix was just published, I want to caution against saying it's the end-all be-all of fixes until we hear back from everyday schmoes facing this problem but hopefully we'll all be celebrating next week that we have a fix in place and can truly enjoy our new purchase. Now, I know many of you are asking a bunch of questions about the fix, so let me try and answer a couple of those that Mikado has anticipated. Much like the speaker fix in the radio, Mikado is going to offer a number of options. Option one, if you've experienced no issues with your Evo flybarless, continue flying it as normal. Personally, I'd still apply the fix, but that's me, but Mikado says, if you haven't had a problem, and it's flying great on that model, there's no need to uh, take it off and, and add the hot glue. Option two, you can fill out a service ticket at vstabi.info.devices uh, and then return it for a hardware upgrade. No word quite yet on what that is, but I suspect it might just be factory applied hot glue. Number three, if you have not yet flown your Evo and have reservations about it, you can also file a service ticket like the above presumably to return it, but they didn't really specify what this option was. And option four, for those of you that want to apply the fix yourself, Mikado has prepared a simple instructional video on how to do the repair. I did see in a different thread on Vistabi that Mikado will still honor your warranty if you apply the fix yourself. If you've ever tried to remove a Mikado V-Bar case, you know it's super easy to accidentally snap the tabs off, and if you do so, Mikado will kindly get you another plastic case free of charge. Okay, all that said, if you already have an Evo on hand, I would simply apply this fix to them all. Every modeler should own a hot glue gun, so pick one up if you don't have one, and it's a very simple fix. I get that some folks are outraged at the thought, but again, we're a small hobby, and we Evo buyers are really all early adopters of some new technology and should expect some growing pains. If you're the kind of person that this 
causes you great discomfort, and certainly the internet seems to be full of these people, none of which seem to actually own an Evo, mind you, uh, then just don't be an early adopter. Wait until it's been out for six months, and all the kinks are worked out, and then buy one. Okay. So curiously, Mikado hasn't quite answered what the permanent fix will be. Will it be a new case plus hot glue, or something else? Mikado says all future U.S. inventory of V-Bar Evos will have the fix in place already. Expected to alter the timelines of new Evo inventory being back in stock at Mikado USA, however, while they apply the fixes. So crack open that new $250 flybar list, cover it in hot spoo, slam it shut, and move on. And hopefully, we can all go back to debating on the merits of 760 versus 1520 pulse, instead of wondering why our tails are kicking out unpredictably. Oh, and also, Mikado did post a very interesting technical article on why the dollop of hot glue is the perfect fix. It's quite interesting, and I highly recommend giving it a read. You can find links to it on the VBAR Control Facebook group or on the Vstabi forum. And that is all I have for the news this week. And to add an addendum to the news, now that I'm back here in Atlanta, I want to just say that I went ahead and applied the fix to one of my Evos. I pulled it out of the plastic case, as I planned on moving it into one of the Doug Darby metal cases, as I prefer to run all my Evos in metal cases, or all my Neos for that matter as well. I did manage to get the case apart without breaking the tabs, so that was not terribly difficult. And uh, I moved it into the Doug Darby metal case, applied the hot glue in the specified corner, and then immediately put the top of the case on, tightened the screws, and it's good to go. I'll be sure and report back once I finally get it mounted on a helicopter and uh, get some flight time on it. All right, with that, that's really it for the news this week. rather than telling the guy, hey, go to Walmart and get some hot glue and fix your fucking 200 and some change dollar flight controller that you fly with your $1,200, $1,600 radio because we couldn't get it right the first time. Fuck that. Tell Sorry. us how you really feel, Rob. That's how I feel about it, man. You want to be a high dollar, you want to be the marquee device out there on the market, then fucking come, come at us with some marquee-ass shit, not with some hot glue-ass shit. Or if you find out that that's what you need to do, figure that shit out in engineering and testing before the general public learns that they have to help you fix your fucking product. Get the fuck out of here. Everybody in the drone world figured this out very easily. And all those small companies that wanted to start making drone boards understood they had to fucking, they had to, they had to adapt or die. And a lot of them did die, but a lot of them adapted and it was easy. The consumers were, it, the drone world's different because it's like, basically bottom-up built, you know what I mean, by the community, right? So everybody was kind of prepared for something like this to happen. But in the heli world where you're trying to close circuit everything and you're trying to lock everything all the way in, it's just it's just only you and then you release out a product like Apple does or something like that, that shit better be all the way right when you release it. Sorry, that's just how I feel. If you want me to pay that much money for it, you get it right the first time or you hold on to it till it's right. You know, give it to Scott or Devin or somebody like that to help them find the fucking tail kick and then solve that problem and then sell it to me for a top dollar and I'll be all right with it. I can't That's say me. that I, I don't necessarily disagree with you on that one, dude. 
Dude, that, dude, I am like... <laughs> I could only dream to fly this product. It's such a barrier to entry. The cost is such a barrier to entry. And when I see little things like this, and people that obviously make more money than me or are way overextended than I am, out there trying to appreciate this product, and then they come up with like excuses so that they can still like the product as good as before because it costs so goddamn much. Fuck that. Speak your mind and get mad and make these fools not do this next time. Sorry. That's just how I feel. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as, uh, I, I hear you and I, and I don't disagree with you, like I said, but I also think that in, uh, in this particular, well, in the helis in particular, uh, as we had mentioned previously last week, you know, relatively small market, there's a, you know, your research and development budget isn't as big. I don't, I mean, you know, it's not as big as probably some people would assume. In fact, it's probably very tiny and, and you are not going to be able to hit all of those points, um, unless you just never release something to market, right? Um, One guy with a two and a half year old helicopter that's already had 30, 40 flights on it. You give one guy no, uh, I hear you. a flight I, controller like that and say, fly this on a non-Mikado product for us, on a used product, so we can see what it does out in the real world. One person could have done that flight testing for those people. Closed circuit. They could have just been closed and not published anything to the public or anything and just fed that info back to Mikado. Say, yeah, I put this on here and this crazy tail kick happened. What is that? Oh, let's figure that out. Sorry. You're not wrong. I'm not saying that. Uh, I, I, I just, I feel like I'm a little more forgiving in that I know I'm not going to buy that unit. I'm not going to buy it. I almost bought it. I was going to buy it. I'm happy I didn't. And I certainly didn't buy it because I suspected there was going to be an issue. But my yeah. gut always tells me with shit like this, you know, first adopters typically are beta test. Right? And that's kind of, I don't know, I think if you're, you would like it to work, but chances are it's not going to work. Perfectly. Yeah. I get and it. I think if you're going to, you know, if you if you want to experience, if you want to be part of that bandwagon, and you want look, it's the newest, hottest, greatest. Um, I think, I think maybe you should expel. Oh, man, it's horrible because maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe it's just how, how the world is nowadays. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think, I don't know. I guess maybe you just shouldn't be surprised. But there used to probably be a point in time when you would have been surprised. Yeah. Right. And but I think. I don't think that, I think that's germane to manufacturing in general. I don't think that's. Dude, as soon as the pre-order thing became a thing, when Elon Musk started selling his first model Tesla years before you could actually buy it, that changed the game, I think, in all industries. Because now people are frothing out at the mouth at vape, basically vaporware until it becomes a real thing. And they're investing interest-free money in, in the development of that product. And, you know, if people are doing that kind of thing, I mean, look at how how people were just like, I envision like this, like you can imagine a painting of a whole bunch of heli nerds standing behind a velvet rope, just begging for their chance to get that Mikado uh, v, uh, v control touch in the new receiver when it was coming out, you know, all the people that pre-ordered that they paid for that thing to be built and it wasn't built right. Enough said. 
Scott, Devin? I bought um, two of them. I took the time. <laughs> I yeah, could give yeah. two shits about the issues. As soon as it was a post where somebody's like, we're having issues, I'm like, I will openly buy whatever one you guys don't want off of you, and I will gladly fly them and take care of the Because you issues. know they're going to fix it, right? Yeah, they always do. Like, there's something new right. comes out. There's That's... a software update. It starts working again. It's early adopter shit. It's like when iOS, whatever the hell number comes out, there's always a dot one or a dot two, like four days later, where they go, oh, fuck, we forgot to do that. We didn't carry the one. I agree. I agree. And I agree. <laughs> but I also agree with Rob. Like I get yeah, yeah. the I get the sentiment, right? But I also I think Rob, I don't want to say you're being unreasonable because I understand it. And I understand that yeah. that passion that you're that you're Yeah, I get it. It's like I, that, that that high dollar thing, but part of the frustration <laughs> where it comes maybe and I think maybe I am being a little bit hot headed about it, but I'm coming from the world where no, I would if I wanted to buy a V-Control Touch and a receiver, I would have had to save up all my discretionary money available for me and my children to do other things besides just live for like four months, five months in order to participate. No, right? I get it. So things like this are important, you know, to a guy like that. You know, somebody that's just, I mean, I don't, and maybe this is a classist thing to say or something like that, but... I see lots of people that are just like, I just got my $1,000 thing with my other $2,500 thing and, and it's got a stack of, you know, what looks like $1,700 worth of batteries. I'm like, neat. That's fucking neat. Someday. You know what I mean? And I do the best I can to just have fun with my hobby and where I'm at. And if there's any dream of being able to participate in something like this, I don't want it to look, I don't know, man. I don't no, know. I just, I, look, I get it. And I think that it's valid. But again, I, I think, you know, Scott's kind of think thinks of it the same way I do. I'm not, I don't, I, I can wait. I'm perfectly content with my classic and, and my Neos, right? I don't need, um, I, I don't, I, yeah, I'd like to, cause you know, I, I, trust me, I know I'll fly better if I had a faster flight controller. Trust me. I would fly like a motherfucker if I had yeah. one. But I can wait. And, uh, you know, it's, um, Choosing not to, to to be okay with that, and uh, I, they're going to fix it. That's you know, th it'll be fixed. They yeah, always agreed. do. Right? Agreed. Uh, and I think most people in the hobby are are willing to give them that leeway. Scott, you'd agree, yeah. I mean, there's sure there's going to be some people out there that are pissy about it, but I don't know. People in this hobby are so fickle at times. Like, yeah. I really obviously love everybody in this hobby and I love this hobby, but sometimes people buy things and expect it to be a hundred percent polished, ready to go. And they get so mad when it doesn't work or if it's delayed for two or three months because there's some yeah, issue with one. something. It's so bad. Like, like chill out, dude, you're not going to like pass away if you don't have your Neos running right. Like put it on the shelf for a week and, you know, fly another one or do something else. Like, I don't know. It's just, it kind of goes with what last week we talked about that whole, Low, you know, life hobby balance thing. I feel like right. some people are not balanced in the sense that they get really mad over things like this. Like, again, new stuff comes out. Things have bugs. Like, it's part of it. You're an early adopter. Yeah, I get, but I, and playing devil's advocate here, um, do you think that we as consumers have grown? Um, a little more tolerant of being beta testers 
I mean, look, uh, for, for many, many products, and, if, and, and look, I'm into video games. I've been playing video games for decades. Love them. Love the MMORPGs. I love the big online games. Um, but nowadays, they, they call it the early release version. And so you end up paying essentially what is full price to buy a game that, is, that they know is not ready. Right. But you're like, oh, that's okay. I'm, you know, I want to see what this game's about. And it's just, we've, we've become accustomed to it. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy the early release version of this particular game because I think I'm going to like the game. Yeah. And I'm going to accept it for its. But just think of the complexity, though. So when we were kids, games were very simple. Just talking about games. You look at video games these days and how technically advanced they are and the level of expectation we have for good performance. I mean, people will bitch if like the animations are weird and something doesn't sync up right and a character like slides three feet to the right while they're doing something, you know, oh, it glitched out. But that's happened, dude, that happens now. That I know, that's dude, what I mean, now. That's, that's, be, that's what yeah. people bitch about. Where back then, people were like, oh my fucking God, the triangle turns. How cool is that? <laughs> like, the, the bar has been raised so fucking far for technology now and people expect it just as quick as they did back then. But they're also more tolerant of it not being a finished product, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't think I, I don't look. I do it all the time, right? But I'm telling you, if you if you go back to games like Final Fantasy XI and the World of Warcraft back in the early days, and I know we're not a gaming podcast, but I'm just these were these were top notch games. I'm not saying they weren't released without issues, but they were quickly addressed. But yeah. now they don't even do that. Now no. they just do an early release. They sell you a game that's about a quarter of the way finished and you pay full price. And over the course of three or four years, you play the early release game and hopefully someday it gets released. And we're all, we're all okay with that. I'm not, I do it. I do it. But I'm just saying, as a consumer for Heli products, are we more willing to put up with non-products <laughs> you know, products that don't necessarily work as advertised right out? You know? And again... It's tough. I, dude, I was in manufacturing. We built drones. I did that for 10 years, seven years, right? And uh, we, you know, look, we were up against some of the big names in the, in the industry dealing with their marketing and understanding and doing demos, you know, essentially the next day of some of these big names. And we're, we're like, the, the people were like, we did a demo for Polk County, the sheriff's office down there, and they just had Skydio down. Uh, like the week before um, and they were talking about their obstacle avoidance and Skydio's got this marketing campaign. They're like, this is the best obstacle avoidance in, in, you know, in the industry. And well, the guy was doing a demo for the sheriff's county and the, or the sheriff down there in Polk County, Florida. And the deputy that we were talking to said, yeah, we, we asked the guy from Skydio, can we fly it at the patrol car? And the guy's like, hell yeah, you can. So they put Skydio at a patrol car smashed right into the patrol car. <laughs> oh, shit. You know? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you know, truth in advertising, right? And I just don't know. It's, it's that way for a lot of things. But I get it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, um, you know, we're kind of pressing into a broader uh, topic, you know, kind of <laughs> a holistic topic, I guess, of as consumers, are, are we just more forgiving uh, of products that aren't necessarily polished right out of the get-go? But... I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it, especially if it's something I'm into. 
Uh, I chose not to, uh, I chose not to purchase, uh, the new controller just because not because I suspected there was going to be issues, as I said, but just, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, being a early adopter, you're bound to run into some issues. I mean, even, even spectrum when it first came out, yes. had growing pains. Same, yes, same deal. Did. Yeah. They had all those brownout issues because of the yeah. voltage drops, right? Mm-hmm. And then the DX6 was like a part fly only kind of thing. And right. people were still locking out at times and weird stuff. And then when the DX7 came out, the weird lockouts, like you said, the brownouts and stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's always been with technically advanced things that stuff needs to grow and adapt a little bit. Because like they can only test it with a certain amount of people, right? Let's say they have a test pool of 50 people or even 100 people. It's not until they give it out to the masses and people start abusing right. it or misusing it that they really start to learn about it. And I don't know how you can get it to that point without spending years in R&D process trying to make sure stuff works. But then people will freak out because we're such a demanding hobby. Like, we didn't even want to wait six months to get these radios. We were chomping at the bit for stuff. And in all fairness, for I'm not trying to like defend Mikado, but they're in no, a especially it. shitty situation where they had no product to sell. Like, they're a business. They need to make money. So they were a race against the financial clock to build something and get it to market because they had no product to sell, like, or they go under and we lose them. Right. So I, I guess I don't fault them for the issues they're having. I can relate based on like what technology is like these days. And I do agree we're more beta testers, but I feel like they also get a pass just because of the situation they're in. Like that's complete shit. If you own a company. Yeah, it makes sense. I see. I can point. Yeah, I can tell you, too, that um, the number of hours required for thorough testing is so hard to hit that milestone. I mean, just to and and, and you're still not going to do it right. Like you're going to hit, you know, your engineers are going to sit down and they're going to think of, you know, use cases that are going to be that are going to challenge your system are going to put your, you know, things in a, you know, pear shape situation. And you can't think of all of those, right? And even if you can, you don't necessarily have time to regression test all those use cases, right? You just, you can't, there's just not enough. At you least, I, I, I get it, like if you're doing a Boeing 747, but you know, that's maybe a bad example. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you're building an airplane where, you know, lives are at stake, obviously, you know, those R&D budgets are just, they're real, right? Those are real budgets, right? Yeah. And they've got the staff, they've got the engineers and they can do all that regression testing, right? They can, they can figure out all those issues. So, yeah, I mean, we as a community are, uh, you know, we, we're here to kind of help these manufacturers figure out issues and, and they get resolved when they, when they appear, right? Yeah. And um, we as a, as a community grow, the hobby grows and hopefully the bottom line is some of these manufacturers grow and they, uh, can stick around and continue to build products that we all love to use. No, so, can't be too hard on them. I don't think. And boy, there's some. I've seen some pretty shitty posts, but I think for the most part, uh, you know, that's a vocal minority. I think it always has been for the most part. And I think yeah. that uh, people in the hobby are maybe a little disappointed. I get it, but understanding, right? I Fair am enough. disappointed with their advice, though. I mean, I'm probably yeah. not going to win any popularity points for this but but hot glue your own thing yeah it's, it's just like no nah, that's that's some 
you know, shoot from the hip kind of shit. I don't, sure, it might work. It's fine. I get it in theory that you're isolating it, you're dampening it, that that's cool. I don't know if I'd ask my customers to like, you know, pop the case apart and fill it with hot glue. I think that's like, that's weird. Um, yeah. I don't know what yeah. I would have done. I maybe would have uh, released like a foam insert or something that I gave to the distributors to give to everyone with a Neo that they'd pop in their case or something. The hot glue thing just seems really like, I don't know. I want to say hobby, hobby grade or gimmicky, but I guess it is yeah. a hobby. I'm just thinking in like, you know, a professional engineer mindset that that's such a patch fix, you know, you don't want to yeah. do that for a product, but I don't know where I stand on that. It just doesn't sit well with me. See, that's why I like, okay, like, and this brings up something that I, I, and maybe this happens more than I realize or, or what, but part of me feels like that sometimes when there's R and D going on and people are doing testing on some of this kind of stuff, like, I feel like there's a huge pool of like intermediate level pilots that fly old shit. You know what I mean? Or is your everyday man's heli kind of thing, not the perfect scenario setup, you know, like my T-Rex 600, for instance, it flies well. It's probably, you know, it, you know, it, it probably flies a little bit looser than other ones, but it probably flies like a commoner in the hobby is helicopters fly. Not everybody flies like what we see the top posts in our groups and shit on Facebook. Not everybody has that kind of bird clout. You know what I'm saying? So if in um, testing, if these brands would just choose one or two people that are just generic, regular people that are going to put this thing on their generic, regular helicopter, that's however old, not some, you know, you're not going to give it to some dude that's got some Chinese 450 clone. That's just, a piece of shit you know it's just going to crash it because mechanically <laughs> it's going to break you know you know you guys get where i'm going not a pro pilot not not somebody stigmatized into the positive reception of mikado's graces to beta test with their equipment before everybody else gets it not some sort of behind the curtain uh, go past the velvet rope and get this grand gesture no some a couple of regular joes out there here's a here's a, a receiver we see you fly our product and you really like it and you're a regular guy with regular old used shit. I guarantee you, I just feel like in my gut that I guarantee that if Mikado would have done some of that, we would have never heard of this problem ever. Yeah. I, and I can agree with other things that happened too. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Think of the Glogo. So Kyle Dahl had been flying and testing that Glogo for like years, right? He had it privately. Then he like announced it. He flew it for a year publicly no issues that we could see and then it gets in our hands and we start you know boom striking the shit out of this thing and like doing weird mm-hmm. things and bending shafts and and it's like holy crap we never saw that because all of our testing was done on these you know very very smooth and capable pilots and then you give it to someone ham-fisted like myself and I start breaking shit you know sure sure yeah it's you know it's I mean, you sure you can fly it smooth but not everyone likes to do that kind of thing everyone has their own style and I, I think you nailed it there Give it to people yeah. that have different styles or maybe people that aren't, you know, at a certain level. Like sometimes when you make a mistake, you stress the airframe more than you would if you fly it correctly. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So only because I can sense it, I can sense it. I'm going to say something here, but I can sense somebody going, oh my God, somebody please say something about what I'm about to say. Um, as a person that for a few, for, for five or six years was, was hiring test pilots, uh, to do, uh, 3d modeling of, uh, infrastructure, 
uh, test pilots for our product. It's it's not an everyday person that can effectively take your equipment and objectively go out and document how it's flying and be able to uh, give engineers the kind of feedback that they need to improve because you can't just go to an engineer and Scott, you know this, you can't just say to an engineer, well, it just, I don't like the way it, uh, I, you know, I, I don't like the acceleration on the, on the climb out. You know, yeah. you know. I don't like the feel. Exactly. Feel. It feels so, looser. What? So that's the problem. <laughs> Typically guys like your Kyle dolls or your other folks that have the experience or the, are the guys that can relate. I'm not saying it's unheard of, right? But I'm just saying those are the kind of guys that can relate the information in a way, in a, in a quantifiable way for engineers to be able to not go googly-eyed, cross-eyed and say, what the fuck does that mean, right? Can relate the information to an engineer such that they can actually affect the change, you know, yeah. in, a, in a variable, you know, in a test. But, I mean, I get, I get the sentiment. I understand. There's, there's guys out there that can do it. And, and you know, there are really good pilots. Why couldn't they just get their hands on odd machines and, and not necessarily... Uh, I don't know how to, I guess that doesn't make sense either, but I'm saying, you know, why do, get, get them crappy machines for like, the lack well, of better words, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. A scenario like this, if this, a scenario yeah. like this would have been allowed where a test pilot is at the field and has one of these units on his bird and he's testing it and he's friends with another guy that's at the field and he's allowed because, you know, right now he wouldn't be allowed to do this, but if you were allowed to take that V-bar off your machine put it on the other guy's machine and fly it on his bird all day and get feedback from that, you know, let him fly it a few flights or whatever, and then take your Mikado, you take your unit back and put it on your bird at the end of the day. In my mind, I feel like that's, they're not allowed to do that. And if they were, you could touch more machines. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how much of a hassle that is to do that, but I don't know. Right. Well, people do that at the field all the time. They throw a new receiver in the bird and then they rebind it up and then they fly it. Right. Right. Here's an analogy that Daryl Thorpe might appreciate. Because he's a sound engineer, right? So you, you got these guys that are creating sound for, you know, uh, a product that's going to be disseminated worldwide. You can bet your bottom dollar that they test the sound on a cheap pair of speakers too, right? Because they want to yeah. make sure that their mix is going to be sound at least <laughs> decent on shitty speakers as well as their you know, multi-thousand dollar studio monitors, right? right? Right. Obviously, they're they're going for the good sound in the studio monitors, but they also want to make sure that it works for everybody. It doesn't blow out the eight right. little small radio you got on your yeah, walk or some something. chintzy little radio. I mean, or some, some small speaker. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I, you know, it is what it is. I, I think that um, they're doing the best they can, and I, like I said, they'll they'll fix it. But I understand the frustration. Just be patient. Got to be patient, man. Devin, are you? Did you fall asleep? Nope. <laughs> he's just going. I thought good pilots didn't blow their shit up, and he's thinking of all the times he blew up his fucking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> helicopter or whatever. That's what happened in my head. I'm like, I thought good pilots didn't blow shit up. Wow, I'm blowing no, up heli that a specific heli left and right. You were on another level. 
You're you're beyond good. You're past that. You're into God level. There you go. Yeah, God mode. Devin, are you God mode? No. No. I like the I like that comment. It makes me. Does it swell your head a little bit? And not the one you know. No. Well, the lower one, not the upper one. (laughs) (laughs) Only because Scott said it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like a total turn on for you, isn't it? Like spank bank material for you. No, not quite that far. We can't go quite that far. <laughs> it's yet. the freaking spank fed. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to move on to a different topic, and this one's kind of a shorter one. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Rob created a post on Facebook. And since it's essentially the start of the flying season, um, just to kind of quickly go over some some of his thoughts and questions, because you had a lot of good questions on that post and, and you got some really good feedback. And I think, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. This is, I don't necessarily think, it, well, it's definitely not Urcha specific feedback, but it, it is geared toward Urcha and the questions were kind of geared towards things like hotels, but that could be any fun fly, right? Right, right. There's not going to be, typically, <laughs> you're not going to have uh, golf cart rentals to worry about. Of course, you don't, you're not going to have that at Urcha. <laughs> Did you guys see Augie's yeah, post about that? I did, I did, yep. <laughs> anyway, that's funny. So, Rob, go ahead and just tell us about your post uh, so we can kind of get some context here. I will do so now. So I posted on um, in the RC Heli Hangout about uh, being an Urcha virgin because I'd never gone to Urcha. i really only been to a couple of fun flies like way back in the day, right? Um, so I don't know what to do. Uh, and I've been trying to search out info um, on just what uh, what's the score with the flight line how how does that how is that set up where do you register like um uh, what how do you camp there and just questions that i have you know do i got to bring my own power um what's the hotel situation in muncie like and stuff so a lot of users posted up some pretty good comments about you know uh, you know just good tips you know i got some tips about um some hotels that are in the area a lot of people gave me some feedback about um, doing either RV versus if you're doing the hotel thing. I think in all cases, I'm learning that flight line is long as hell. So it is. Yeah, I I mean, so here's my situation. I'm gonna I'm available to to go to Urcha, but it's not going to be till like the middle to end of the week, right? So I really wouldn't show up until maybe Thursday night. Well, no, probably Wednesday night, Thursday morning, something like that. Um, to find a spot. And it sounds like from what some folks have said in the thread here that, you know, it starts to kind of fill up, you know, from the middle out. And so I might find a spot a little bit farther down the line. And as long as I pup, pup, you know, pitch it like uh, one of those covered uh, canopy deals or something like that, throw a table in there or something, it's not going to get absorbed or moved or something if I leave that spot, you know, if I'm not there overnight or something. So I feel like I might, when I go down there, because I don't have an RV or anything, uh, I'm starting to look at seeing it. Can I drive down there and then like rent an RV that I would park there or just get a hotel? It seems like the price is close to the same right now if I reserve. So I feel like just just at a high level, just spitballing so far, trying to figure it out. I feel like I'm going to rent or do it like a hotel, sorry, um, and then drive down to the flight or to down to wherever I decide to post up for flying. Rob, uh, yeah, I'm... It- I, whatever you do, it's up to you, especially, are your kids coming with you? 
Yeah, my two kids will come. Okay, well, then it may be a little bit different story for the hotel versus RV. But if you want to experience some of Urcha's late night and the price difference doesn't affect you too much on the RV, I would totally go the RV route. Because then then you don't ever have to leave if you don't want to. Yeah, this is true, right? Because I know that there's there's night flying, there's, you know... Sometimes it'll be like a dead period of time and then all of a sudden something starts hopping, you know. Look, and, you know, and if you need to escape, it's not like you need to drive the 20 minutes to get to the town, 15 minutes to get to the town. You can just walk across the road and go inside, hang out, watch some TV for a little bit and then go back out and you're ready. It's Yeah, it, true. It, it just, brings a little bit of Urcha closer together. That's my opinion on that. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So if I did something like that on Thursday, similar to the flight line, I feel like, well, I th- it sounds like I got a link in this thread that if I want to do RV or camping, I'd want to reserve anyway. So I'd have a spot that would be reserved that's mine, even yeah. though I show up on Thursday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it would just be an empty plot of grass until I parked the RV on it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, Word. that's if you reserve a spot. I mean... Yeah, it might not have power because the power spots at Urcha are very limited. They don't. Yeah, have they're going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're already they'll, gone. They'll be they'll be taken up like Sunday before you get there. Like, because uh, me and my dad will personally be there Sunday before you. Yeah, yeah, that Sunday before. So you don't have yeah. will have been there all week by then. Yeah. yeah, I I go for an entire week when I go to Urcha. Yeah, nice. See, so that's cool. So we'll have to hook up while I'm there. Um. And fucking fly and hang out of and do course. whatever. You fuck yeah. Well, oh, yeah. That's the thing, Rob. That you really, um, as a first timer to Urch, I think you should really focus on. And not, I'm not certainly not offering <laughs> Devin services, but there's other folks from Minnesota that are going um, that you yeah. could probably. But you know, you things like a generator and and all this other stuff. You know, if you can find somebody like a Devin that that you can hook up with while you're there, you know, as long as you're reasonable, pitching some money for some gas, and you're not bogarting a generator, I'm sure you can find somebody to help you with that, right? Oh, of course, yeah. See, so that. that's a, that's another thing. I don't have a generator. So in my mind, I'm like, is it even possible for me to park my Jeep close enough to where I want to fly to where I could just hook my charger to the battery on that? You know, I can charge well, it that way. Here, but if I bring an extension cord and I got some cash, I'm sure anybody will let me get some juice. Well, yes, right? exactly. And if you, depending on which way you go with your stay, some of the people that you can rent the RV for, if they, if you tell them that you don't have power and they have a generator, they'll, they'll throw that in the rental service. Oh, word. Yeah, so I can bring that up and maybe get the generator on yes, there. That, that's if they have one. I have seen it done before. It's not yeah. like super common, but you can get it. Word. If we can get a way to get it to you, I will gladly lend you a generator for Urcha. Hmm, word. I wonder if we have to so think like about the if, logistics on that. Yeah, like if Devin's coming to an event near me, I can give my generator to Devin, then he can go to Urcha, give it to you, and you can run with it, and then we'll just get it back the same way or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah it it's not going to run an RV, but it'll run your batteries and your all the charging stuff you need. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's like one of those Honda 2200s or something. Two of those will run the RV. Yeah. If you can get someone else to do it too, it'll run the RV, but... I just yeah. I heard you say you were gonna try and charge your batteries off your Jeep, and I'm like, that's such a yeah, bad idea. Yeah. 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 That's sketch. 
so Rob, if you are looking for like a generator that you are really only that you're going to use, if you go to Walmart or I think it's Walmart or one of those type stores, there is a, a it's called like a sportsman. It's green. I think it is. It's like a thousand watt generator. It's like 300 bucks. Oh, that ain't bad. Yeah. They got a Harbor Freight around here too. They, they might have some cheap generators in there. And, and I, my dad's a generator mechanic for a living. It's what he does. And he actually liked it. He goes, I don't, I know it's like dirt cheap for what it is, but it works. So I, yeah, it, nice. you know, not, you don't have to go crazy like with the really nice Hondas and everything like that. And it's going to be, you know, 2000 bucks for the generator, a thousand bucks for a generator. You can always go that route too. And then you have it for the future already. Yeah, that's a good tip. I'll have to look into that for sure. Cause now knowing there's not power there, you know, I've got from now till August to secure that. And I've always needed a generator. I've always had a need for one, just never had one. Um, maybe this will be a good reason to just go get some cheap, small one or whatever. Yeah, you could do that. Or even like the Champions uh, brand, the, which is the yellow colored version. They're on the cheaper side and I'm starting to see a shit ton of them now. Yeah, I just bought a 5,500 watt Champion. Yeah, apparent, and I'm yeah. hearing really good things about them and they're not making you break the bank from what I understand. Yeah, $1,000 for 5,500 watts. I got to tell you, I, I bought a few of the, I've had Hondas. And Yamahas, and I bought a Harbor Freight generator, uh, the uh, Predator, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man, when it comes to those generators, if you take the time to break them in and make you know th- properly, like I, I actually go overboard uh, breaking them in, you know. And this is a whole other topic, but I I run it for an hour with uh, um, non synthetic. Uh, traditional, what's that? Well, I don't I can't remember. There's a special name for that shit. Oil. It's not just the non-synthetic shit. Like the break-in oil or whatever? Yeah, and then I change it. I run it for another hour with no load. Change it again. Then I run it with a load for an hour. Change it again. And then after that, it's good. And I'm telling you. And then, of course, if you change it every 50 to 100 hours after that. Yeah. Most uh, of I've been running out. the shit out of that Predator generator. Yeah. It runs great. As long as you take care of them. And we, I mean, with how you are with cars and you know keeping up with car maintenance if you just do basic oil changes you know and and just try to keep it as clean as you can most of them i mean i'm sure if you go in a grade of like a hundred bucks for a generator you're talking a different story but you know if you're in one of the known lower end ones and just take care of it i've seen them last just as long as hondas nice yeah but hondas are nice don't get me wrong (laughs) yeah but that's that you're they make you break the bank for for the, yeah. that name for sure yeah. but anyway so, i think rob if you uh spend a little time talking with Devin and 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 i think you know you you get yourself kind of situated where you can uh get cl- you know find a place where you can stay close to to a group where you're familiar with and and you know uh, it's going to make your first experience and you're going to you're going to learn a lot and the next time yeah. you come out, the next season you come out, if you come out the following year, it'll be a whole nother story because now you'll know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But, Fun. Well, I have to get a hold of like uh, my guy, Mike Forlin here in town. He's part of the local heli scene. Uh, some of the gr- part of the group that used to go up to um, north of Bemidji here back in the day and fly. That's where I went to a couple of fun flies with some of those guys. So I have to just... Uh, 
uh, hit him up. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I'll have to hit him up because I know he's for sure going to Archer. Him and a bunch of guys from Minnesota are. So, yeah, yeah dude. Well, yeah, and then even if you get a bunch of guys together that you even know pretty well or maybe you know through through Dan or something like that and you can split an RV share and that's you, dude you could to go with, to you could go to Urcha for really cheap if you manage to go with people that you trust. Yeah, well see, I'm going to go with me and my kids and so it, yeah. we're already pretty much filling up an RV, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's another thought that I know I know like um a couple people that they'll split in our, uh, like a 40 foot RV four ways and it's costing them a hundred bucks a person to stay, yeah, for, to stay for five days. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah that's nice. So tell Word. your kids to get a job and split an RV yeah. with you. Yeah. There you go. Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey man, Simon's got his license. He's been working and my daughter's biting at the bit to get a job. So here soon she'll get her first job probably this summer. <laughs> be her first nice. one. But now I think we're going to have a good time. We're going to do Urcha. And then on the way back through, we'll probably go through St. Louis and just take a peek at the arches. I've always wanted to see the um, gateway to the west, they call it. Um, I have no idea if it's as touristy as it used to be. You know, I feel like I've heard some people tell me St. Louis is a shithole, but people say that about just about everywhere now. But It is a shithole, but it's high, but it's, you'll enjoy it. Not yeah, I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we'll probably do a night over there and then then continue our journey north after that you know so cool well thanks for the feedback and also thanks for the feedback facebook uh community friends um right. it should help me out um popping my cherry this uh this fall it's exciting can't wait to hear about it i know yeah. man it'll be a good time <laughs> well guys i think we're gonna wrap this one up but before we do that we should do some emails so Devin, if, uh, i wanted to get in touch with you I want to do that. Okay. Devin McClellan on Facebook or Devin at RCHNV3.com. How about you, Scott? The email, the email, what, what, the email. It's going to be <laughs> Scott at RCHNV3.com. If anyone gets that reference, give us a comment. What, what? So that was, felt like a freestyle rap you were doing there. Is that <laughs> no, it's a very specific reference. Okay. Some people might know it. If you wanted to get in touch with Nick, uh, you could do that at Nick Wisdom at RCHNV3.com. Uh, Nick Wisdom on Facebook. Is that Nick Wisdom RC, I believe it is, on Facebook? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Forward slash Heli Direct. <laughs> Forward slash Heli Direct. Can we make an email for Nick for that? And I'm Dan. You can reach me at uh, Dan at uh, RCHNV3.com. Dan K. Reed on Facebook. Please check out our webpage, RCHNV3.com. And uh, we're on Locals, too, if you'd like to support us there. Last but not least, Rob, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Well, today's method is slightly artistic and slightly trollerific. Um, but what you want to do is get a ninja costume an engraving set and a tiny ball peen hammer and four sticks of hot glue. What you want to do is since Nick and his family are on vacation out of town, you want to ninja yourself into Nick's house into his heli dungeon and then take apart his new uh, uh, Ebos that he's got that he's about to use on his new birds. Well, since they probably already need the spooge mod, 
just crack them open and just fill them all the way just to the brim with hot glue just both of them just full all the way full up so you know for sure there could be no future problems that come up that you might need to add more it's just all full and then when that dries up just use your um engraving like your chisel and engraving set and just tap out the question you have into the hot glue on both of those cases and kindly leave them open for him so he can read the question as soon as he gets back from his vacation um, after he's done being upset that his two new Evos are full of hot glue to the brim, he'll look closer and see my question and then begrudgingly give it to me. Um, he'll probably try and fly them anyway because they'll probably work um, and he'll be all right. Um, but if you are um, still afraid of ninjas and you're just not sure you got the balls to try that kind of thing, um, or you've already used all your hot glue on your um, Mikado products, then you can just email me at rob at rchnv3.com. Uh, hit me up on Facebook at uh, NextGenRCFB, um, Instagram at NextGenRC, or YouTube.com slash NextGenRC. Oh. I need to get an Instagram. I don't have an Instagram. Yeah, dude. Instagram it up. Elaine could just hit the, the dual share and just insta-share right over to Facebook. Boom. Bam. It's like that. Boom, bam. All right. Well, guys, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. This show is like love. I always enjoy making it. Is it like the love machine? (laughs) The love machine. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 